How's it going, Sacramento soccer fans? And welcome to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and today I am joined by our very own podcast mom, Sharon. Welcome, Sharon. How are you doing tonight? Hey, all is good. It is a Monday night. It feels solid. And I'm looking forward to reviewing last weekend's match with you. And I'm looking forward to the Wednesday match against Real Monarchs. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Much better than Saturday night. <laughs> uh, you know, my, my voice is catching up now and I was super, I had like a little minor sore throat, I should say. Uh, I wasn't like super sore throat or anything like that, but, and I'm glad I'm better now because yeah. I had to go through it all day yesterday. <laughs> it's funny like, because oh. I also was super hoarse and I was exhausted. It was almost like I played the game. I know you <laughs> felt like you played the game too. And we were just yelling and screaming all game long. So hopefully we made up for the fact that there was only, what, 3,500? I think we advanced in, you know, attendance, you know, having more more fans in the stands. But um, yeah, hopefully we made up for the fact that we didn't have a full stadium because we couldn't yet. I think we did. It did definitely did sound louder. Shout out to uh, Los Unicos, our, our, one of our podcast team members who hasn't been on here much, but he's been on here, uh, Danny, who made the trip out. Uh, always great when, when our fans there in Reno make it out to the games in Sacramento. And they had their drum and, you know, it, it sucks that the other TV drummers weren't able to attend this match because... We could have been louder and whatnot, but I think even regardless, the referee would have been the same, and we'll get more <laughs> more to that. Oh, my See, gosh. I'm, I'm already trying to bring him up already. Yeah, yeah you uh, are. Luis, you have a, a way of doing that. That's actually – but it, you know what? We, we will be talking a little bit about the refereeing, but we'll also be talking about, you know, the game, the goals, the missed opportunities, the – ejection of Dan Casey and a lot of the thoughts around all of that. So here we go. Cool. Well, before we get started, if any of our listeners are not following us on social media, please uh, follow us at State Republic 12 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also look us up on YouTube, State of the Republic podcast, and you'll be able to find Lots of interviews we've done. We also have that video format of them if you would rather also see them or if you just want to see our reactions and and all that, then go check it out. It's a little different also when you watch the video versus just listening to it because you catch on other things and uh, Sharon's famous cat giving us a, a quick hi every now and then. So go check that out again. It's on YouTube. Search for State of the Republic podcast. Cool. Well, let's go ahead then and get started with this match because we are all so eager to <laughs> give our thoughts on all the things that happened uh, in the match. One of the things I want to say, Luis, with respect to this highlight reveal, I really do appreciate the um, the Republic and their their office staff, their you know media staff, or the folks who put the the highlight reel together because it makes it so much easier for us to do some of the reviews. You know, granted, we were at the game, we don't see everything, but these highlight reels, I have to give a shout out to the office folks for compiling this for us. Um, I guess it's uh, John Jacobs puts it together and it's it's fabulous. So appreciate that. Even though we didn't win the match, uh, it's always good to be able to see these things and dissect it. So shout out to them, Luis. Oh, yes, yes. Well, we are really thankful for them and, and how quick they are uh, delivering these to us too. So we can 
make sure that we do this analysis properly and being able to look at him. And <laughs> as I was telling you, Sharon, before the show, to not be interrupted by those annoying YouTube ads that no one likes to see and no one likes to wait for them and all that. But yeah, uh, if we had to wade through the if we had to wade through the YouTube recording ourselves by ourselves, you know, the full two hours or however long, it would take us forever to find everything. So this is way better. Yeah, we, we have to use that uh, the speedometer there, right, on the videos and deal with all that and our internet going slower and yeah, all that stuff. So 22nd minute, Sharon, uh, things don't start off as well for us too, right? We're down one nil. Um, all thanks to a set piece, which, you know, it sucks when you get scored on through a set piece, but there are a lot of things to learn when you actually are in those situations. And, you know, I think, in my opinion, the players just got taken by surprise, right? It's one of those times where you got a set piece, you have two players, you don't know who's going to shoot. And I have to say the guy who ended up doing the cross, I didn't think it was going to be him uh, because he actually did a good job in distracting the players into thinking that he was trying to communicate with, you know, his other teammates that were in the box. And I don't know how, I don't know what, what you think, Sharon, but I think it's one of those things that is already planned for in training that you're going to be the one who's going to be kicking it. And you're going to be the one that's going to be acting as if you are trying to tell all the other players, Hey, move over yeah. here, move over here. So the other yeah. guy shoots. Yep. And yep. so, and so it's a, a distraction nice kick. And so they obviously had worked on this in training. So, um, and well done. Also the, the scorer, I mean, he was a handful all match long, mm. the, the guy who scored, but if you do look one, we, they, oh, they did overload three, three players to one. If you look at the positioning of their players and our players, as the run was made into the box, they, um, if you, if you roll back and go back to that, you can see that three three of their players got quickly in behind ours. It's almost like we forgot to take a look around. I'm always saying, you know, the swivel head needs to occur. And, and our guys, the guys that were behind the players that ended up crashing the box saw what was going on, but they couldn't get to those guys because they were on the wrong side of them. And the guys that were in front of the guys that could have marked the players that crashed the box on that kick didn't turn around. They were only, they were watching the flight of the ball, duh, but they didn't turn around to see what was going on behind them. And that was unfortunate. So um, yeah, that, that goal, just give it to the, you know, give it to the fact that their free kick was fabulous. uh, And the bend on it was perfect. All somebody had to do was barely whisper on it and it was going to go in. So. Yeah. And and the player who ultimately scores, like, such a good job to make sure that he's not offside and to watch his line and, and whatnot. And yeah, you have to pay attention to those little details because uh, I know some of our players were asking for offside, but <laughs> I mean, you, you got to hand it to them. I mean, they, the play was executed really well and, and yeah, I'm with you, right? Like that guy. And as we're seeing the repetition, I, I didn't notice he celebrated like Cristiano being that his yeah. name is Ronaldo, by the way, the guy who scored. <laughs> Oh, that was so funny. Uh, but, well, and he uh, was a handful all yeah. night long. And I talked to Brent Richards after the game, and we'll get to that in a second about um, the eleven. So, yeah. So, so yeah. When I saw him play, I was like, you know what? If next season we're trying to hire players, I just want to keep an eye out on 
I would not mind if they signed this guy because he he was so hard to control. And I know there was an opportunity where uh, I think he had the ball and then we fouled him. And I was like, this guy might be injured because he seemed like he, he was uh, down pretty bad. But he didn't get injured. He still kept going. And I'm like, dude, this guy is something else, right? He just got a really hard kick. <laughs> He's still going. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I don't know how hard of a kick he got. But anyhow. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I'm trying um, to remember at they, what point they did a lot of diving. Their 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 players did do quite a bit of diving, and the ref did fall for it. And I'm I gotta zip it because I really I don't want to bag so much on the ref. I did plenty of that during the game. <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, I was probably heard on television yelling "sub the referee." Um, oh, you know, that was you. the fourth official. <laughs> I heard. I heard you could that. hear it. Yeah, I heard you. I heard. Yeah. sub the referee. <laughs> That was me. Sub the referee and put in the fourth official. And I actually got consensus from the folks that were sitting around me that they would have loved to have the female fourth official in uh-huh. in the center of the match because she seemed to be more on top of what was going on. It was hilarious. Uh, not hilarious as it, it was fun for our group, uh, you know, the fans to be chatting that way. Um, but the game itself was not hilarious. Nobody, <laughs> nobody could <laughs> laugh at that. Anyhow. You know, that's so funny because when you said that, I also said that too. I was also screaming from section 207 all the way up up there, uh, you know, next to the little fence uh, right there. I was actually also screaming, sub the referee and bring in the fourth official. We don't want this guy anymore. I know. That's funny that <laughs> great minds think alike. But I do think everybody was thinking in the same vein that, you know, the referee needed a break. The The whole match, it felt like it was out of control. And I don't know if it was the chaos that Orange County intended to create to make it feel so out of control, or if it really was the fourth official, I mean, the the referee that caused this to feel like the most out of control game I've ever seen. It was the referee. And, you know, I, I was even thinking about it because there were a couple of fights that broke out right throughout the game. And I think when those things happen, it always falls on the referee because you're not handing down the right yellow cards. You're not, you know, like uh, making sure that these things don't happen. And all you have to do is just pull out some yellow cards. And we see it in so many places, right? Referees go the easy route and they're like, yellow for you, yellow for you. Both of you get it. And there you go. Everyone, everyone's pleased one way or the other, right? And the fans aren't booing as much anymore because the other guy got the yellow card and it's like, come on easy you just do that especially because a lot of the times they do deserve a yellow card right both sides do because the fight kept going and it was going both sides it wasn't just one side so uh, i i don't understand why he didn't just do it that easy but i do have to make the mention uh, and i know the first half there were three yellow cards yeah i wasn't in agreement with the three of them but i need to make a special mention of this one and this one occurred right on the 25th minute it's not in the highlight reel, unfortunately. I wish they <laughs> had it on there, but I had a clear view onto uh, Derek Formella's yellow card. He basically got fouled on by Michael Orozco. Um, those of you who know Liga Mekis, uh, he he was a player for many, many years there in the league, and he got fouled by him. Referee doesn't give a yellow card, going back to the fact that, see, he could have just given a yellow card. All that would have been resolved. Derek 
you know, it must have been a really bad kick, right? I mean, he he stands up and all he did was just point at the player, right? And understandably, I mean, the, Derek was all angry because he didn't see a yellow called up for Michael. And, and so he just points at him like, hey, you know that that was a yellow card. I, I never saw him actually touch him. And Michael Orozco falls down like he just got punched by Mike Tyson in a boxing ring. <laughs> That's how bad I saw it. And I was like, this guy is clearly acting, right? There's no VAR. There's nothing that the referee can actually check. And these things happen. And I've said it before, and it might be one of those things where our own players maybe just have to just try not to get into those situations because a lot of acting is going to happen when you're in a match where you don't have any VAR. That's just how it is, right? We've seen it for years already. Luis, it's always the situation where the person who fouls you never gets the call. And then you, if you, you know, <laughs> respond or react, you're going to get the, you're going to get the card or you're going to get called it, it. If the referee doesn't see or interpret the first foul appropriately, and it should have been, and the player feels egregious like Derek <laughs> did, he's going to end up getting, you know, the, the card or the caution so this was really unfortunate because I saw that too. And it's like, there's no, there was nothing there, there. And then to see the guy, like I said, Orange County dove a lot. The, mm-hmm. And you know, the players, you've seen them before do this. So they they did a lot of diving. I think maybe even at one point in time, I, I wondered if this was, you know, we all joke about, oh yeah, they turned it into the swimming pool here in Sacramento and these guys are diving instead. Yeah. Wrong sport. So yeah. But. Unfortunate about, about Derek. I don't think that one was, was the one. And I don't think Dan Casey should have, I think it should have been mutual yellow, not a straight red, but we'll get to that in a second. So then, you know, we thought, you know, okay, second half gets started. Hopefully we tie it up right away too, but the worst of the worst happens to you. Right. And we end up actually uh, losing two nil minute three of the second half down well we weren't down a man yet but soon enough we would be down a man but in this case right two nil once again in a set piece and right second time there it's one of those uh things that uh for those of you who uh might know the saying there's a saying in, in spanish that that pretty much just goes that if you get two headers in the box it's probably going to end up in a goal and that saying was in showcase in OC's second goal, right? We see the first header onto the other player who heads it in. And there you have it. 2-0 down, 49th minute. Not a great way to, <laughs> to start off your second half. And now you have to, you know, get through this uh, 2-0 match. Look at the man who put it back across the face of the goal. The man who got away, Okay. So the, the corner kick was played perfectly to guess who? One of my favorite players, unfortunately, plays for the wrong team, plays for <laughs> Orange County, but he's one of my favorite players, Brent Richards. And, you know, he's in the perfect spot. He drifted away from his mark, put it back across the face of the goal. Anytime you do that, and then you don't have everybody getting picked up again, we didn't have marks in the box. We had people only watching Brent versus swivel heading and seeing who was left unmarked. 
So there you have it, you know, and I don't know that Tomas could have done anything. Um, he was marking near post, which is the appropriate post, you know, for anything, but then, and then he's caught flat footed, mm-hmm. you know, his, his shuffle didn't happen fast enough to be able to do anything for that one. It's unfortunate. So now we're down to zero. Darn that Brent Richards. <laughs> Yeah. Darn, right. darn us for not having him on our t- on our side all these years, but that's all right. <sighs> like I told you at the game, I, I don't know why we didn't sign him. We had that opportunity. We signed some of his teammates in Reno and um, right. he just drifted away. But you made a good point, right? LAFC owns part of OC. So when you said that, I was like, all right, I can't <laughs> I can't yep. say anything else. To right. <laughs> it makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So down yeah. down there. And and we thought, all right, right, two nil. Hopefully, we can you know get get at least a point out of this one. But However, <laughs> we moments after know. this goal, <laughs> yes, it's something we weren't quite prepared for. Moments after this goal, we see two players tussle. We see Dan Casey tussle, and the player from Orange County get into a a sideline tussle. And for some reason, Dan Casey ends up with a straight red. So the OC player, right, Dan actually has the ball. The referee hasn't actually marked the foul quite yet, right? So the OC player goes down. Ref doesn't think that's a foul. Dan Casey takes the ball. He gets tripped over by the OC player as the OC player is already on the ground. Clear yellow, right? Because, I mean, it's <laughs> he's nowhere near the ball. One of right. those things where the referee could have just given a yellow. Had he just ran to it, given a yellow, that would have been all good, all fine and dandy. But he doesn't do that. And understandably so, right? Dan Casey in the ground, after being kicked that way, ends up responding. Right. The dude, it was a dangerous kick. He kicked him. He kicked Dan Casey from behind. That could have been a, a Achilles injury that could have wiped out his calf, all of that. So, but Dan retaliated once he got swiped and he ended up back on, you know, back on the ground. Um, once he got his legs taken out from under him, he hops up. He hops up. And and, and because of how bad the uh, challenge was, right, by the OC player, he responds in a similar fashion right which uh, i can't defend dan right i mean it was a really bad response but i think in this case referee should just given a red for both sides yeah if he was going to dole out a, a, a red it should have been a either a dual red or a dual yellow so but as i'm looking at another replay i mean it, it doesn't seem that bad enough i think that there may have been some acting when you look at it from a different angle for anyone who actually goes back and and sees it uh, I don't know anymore. I feel like you might be right on this one, Sharon. I think maybe just the yellow, and that's just because of the whole circumstance and whatnot. And I also think, and I've seen this happen in so many matches, right, where you got a player who knows that maybe they should have gotten carded, and they might even think, oh, this might be a red card against me. And so they right away, the moment they see the other player react, they just fall for it, right, because they don't, want the referee remembering oh they the fall situation? yeah they, they fall down and they feign like they're mortally wounded and yeah. that's what this guy did and all dan casey did was lift his leg so the player wouldn't be on top of him that's all dan casey did 
in that sequence of events. So they tussle, they tumble. Dan gets his legs chopped out from under him. As he's rolling over, he happens to lift his leg because the other player was gaining his momentum. He was standing up and Dan protected himself with his legs is essentially what he did from the other player to, you know, and so that's all Dan did. As far as I can see, there was not a thrust of his leg. It was a protective move that he did with his legs to kind of protect himself from the player, the 10 that popped up from Orange County after swiping Dan down. And so Dan went into protective, you know, protective body language mode. So the player wouldn't stomp on him. And then Dan gets the red because the player in the process ends up doing a tumble and a roll and then grabbing his legs and all that grabbing his own legs. And yeah, it was an unfortunate sequence of events. Yeah. So we were down to a nil. Down a man, at this point, you know, you can only imagine the worst, right? Like, oh, it's going to get even more intense because up to this point, I don't know about you, Sharon, but I felt like we had a lot of passes that seemed to go to no one. They just, it, it seemed like we were just passing the ball just to pass the ball anywhere in the field. And uh, there were a couple of, you know, back touches and really like maybe too fancy of passes that, just I don't know where they were going they just weren't going everywhere I remember there was one with the Derek trying to do a little like back heel pass and I don't know who it, got it was picked but... off. it got picked off yeah. somebody's pass got picked off and there was a run on goal um, maybe that was mm-hmm. Nobby's pass in a, a little later but any yeah I think it was Nobby's pass but yeah we had some some odd passing sequences I thought a couple of the subs that came in and I thought the energy after the red card improved. And I thought we stepped our game up a little bit and we played with it. Just um, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second. As the coach said, we had no pressure after that. We were down a man, might as well just go full force, you know, and just, just go hard, which is I think kind of what we, we ended up doing, even though we didn't end up winning the match. Um, There were some, some bright spots. Kind of glad they subbed Chris in this case uh, before we get to the goal that we ended up scoring. Um, I just wanted to, to say I saw in the first half uh, Chris's head go down because he got he got a yellow. He got a yellow card as well um, during the beginning part of the game. And but even before that, if he would when he lost the ball, he played with his head down and he wouldn't get back and he wouldn't track back and he didn't help his he didn't help. And I kind of hollered out, you know, <laughs> at one point that if he played for me and I was his coach, he'd be running laps at that point because of the fact that he, he gave up and you can't do that. Not in pro soccer, not in pro sports. You cannot give up. You have to continue with your joy. We talked about that in one of the other podcasts about playing with joy. If you're not out there with some sort of joy in your heart, when you're playing the game, you're not going to win and you're, you're going to give up too easy. So it's kind of like, remember why you're out there. You love the sport. So that being said, we have uh, Duke came on in the in the second half for Chris, and that was nice. Um, that was good. So let's let's get to this um, goal that we scored by um, Tucker in the in the 59th minute. Yeah, you know it's interesting because I, I was actually impressed with Chris at the beginning of the first half and some of the movements and and whatnot and the speed he had, and he was almost like on board to be my man of the match already for um, some time there but fortunately someone else kind of took over that role because I, I thought they did a much better job but it's it's interesting the contrast that happened right there and and I'd be interested if maybe the yellow card 
made him change or, or just the things that were going on and whatnot, if that can also influence uh, the behavior on the pitch. But um, speaking of influencing behaviors, right, we get the red card and I, I was really, really uh, happy with how we responded to that because we know when you get down a man, some teams can either respond the way we did and others can really fall back and <laughs> and yeah. they could really... Cause, pitch a tent and yeah. just camp and forget about playing yeah we yeah didn't. just to not you know get yeah. scored on more and and i think as a fan i don't know about everyone listening but if you think otherwise please you know let us know i'm curious what you all have to think about this but i personally think that if you're down a man do what sacramento did and just keep going up front and even if we lose i don't know three zero four zero five zero I'll still be happy with the team because they, you know, gave it their all. We weren't just trying to defend just to say, all right, you know what? Like, let's just make sure that we don't get any more scored on. Let's just end it that way. And so I was happy to to see this year. And ultimately, right, it ended up in, in a goal for us, right? So if we go back uh, to the uh, highlights here, we look at the 60th minute where our good old Tucker Bone, who... Again, I think is our super sub. And again, he's clearly showing it right when he gets something. He can actually uh, help us out. He scores a really nice uh, goal, too, after a uh, interesting cross by Luis Felipe, which is a really far cross, too. I have to say it was a really far play. Um, yep. And it landed. It was almost perfect. And it was funny because Tucker knocked a player down who didn't jump back up. He knocked the, def- well, he didn't really knock him down. The player went down. Tucker didn't, I don't think he touched him. I think he was, they were both going for the ball and it was shoulder charge. And of course, you know, the Orange County players, they were diving a lot. So this player decided he would do the same thing. And as a defender, you don't dive. And he did. He dove. You could see he dove. Nobody touched him. But the way that Tucker scored this goal it was very similar to when Jordan scored his right-footed mm. goal across the top with the laces, put a little bend, a little English on it, and it goes in. And even though Jordan's was from farther out, giving props to Jordan's goal from last game, this goal is very similar in technique. And you know me, I love watching, you know, the little special <laughs> fine lines of technique um, when it when it plays out to our, our benefit. And it was great. He did a great job. But his ball handling was also very good. If you notice uh, in his trapping of flighted balls, he was he was solid in trapping flighted balls. He brought them right down, you know, to where he needed to play them. And he didn't. He didn't get dispossessed frequently, so like that about Tucker. He's he's a he's a hard he's a hard player. He'll he'll keep going. You know, it was a nice goal. Yeah, I, I agree. It was uh, really nice, and it, it did also take me back to Jordan and uh, the same side of the pitch and and whatnot. And I have to say, from the angle where I was at when I saw that OC player drop, I was like, "Ooh, I hope the referee doesn't." <laughs> Doesn't call right? it a foul, especially no. after we, we know how the referee was and I have yeah. to bring it up again, but you, you just he, don't know what to expect anymore. <laughs> referee definitely favored Orange County. I almost wanted to yell Homer, you know, because when a referee favors the home team, the fans will yell Homer. Well, in this case, you can't yell it because it, Orange County wasn't the home team, <laughs> but it sure felt like we got homered um, at a, by, you know, as though the ref was favoring Orange Orange County. Yeah. So Derek Formella. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely had better games than this one too, right? I, I don't recall uh, 
too many opportunities and and again i mean he was already cautioned with the yellow card and it's a little challenging right when you have a yellow card you have to kind of watch what you do and and all that and so i feel like just getting that yellow card just affected him throughout the match but he did put a a solid day's work on defense there were times i saw him tracking back i was like who's the player that just tracked all the way back and recovered the ball and started the oh it was Derek. what's he doing all the way back at the 18 (laughs) defending um you know and i i had to appreciate that you know he did have a couple shots on goal and and i know it was frustrating for him to you know not capitalize on it um you know, they, okay. Let's talk a little bit about the number of games these guys have had to play in a short amount of time. And they also turn around and they're going to play one on the ninth. Uh, so I forget how many games in, in such a short amount of time that these guys are up to, but they're, they're, they're going to be a little fatigued. You know, they're, they're all going to be a bit fatigued. We're using, we're not quite on borrowed time and hopefully the guys will leave it all out there on the field. Um, when we go and, you know, when we meet the um, Real Monarchs. It's a lot of games. I mean, if we, if we look at it since, uh, but since the time we played against handball rising, right. May 29th in a matter of a week, right. We got three games uh, or actually we could even say four games. If we count, you know, Wednesday's game this week against Real Monarchs. So that's Mm -hmm. four games in about a week and a half. Yeah. That is really intense. But at the same time, I do think that, you know, the, three of those games have been at home. And so, you know, there isn't really that, you know, maybe excuse of like, okay, you guys are traveling and it wasn't really too much of a road trip. And so I think that's the disappointing part, right? Is that you had three consecutive home games. You are just able to get one point out of nine points. That's going to set you back, you know, uh, on the long term, when when we start looking at the end of the season and start to analyze back all those points that were lost, and so super critical that they win their away games, right? So the next two games at uh, Real Monarchs and against Oakland, we need to try and get those six points because you you need to somehow make up for those losses at home um, elsewhere. So, yep, cool. So let's go ahead then and look at what was unfortunately. The last goal, which, again, we were up front a lot. It was only a matter of time, right? They had already had another opportunity, which I do need to mention, in which Nobby did a spectacular run. I don't even know how fast Nobby ran. He must have ran the fastest that any player has ever ran on that pitch. <laughs> but he managed to actually uh, stop the defender from getting that really one-on-one opportunity and uh, unfortunate it's not on the highlight reel that we have here because I, I wanted to just save that <laughs> highlight, but it's not on there. And I even went on Twitter and I was like, you know what? Nobby is our podcast magic number two because of that run. And I don't know if you noticed, Sharon, but when that happened, the whole stadium celebrated as if we had just scored the tying goal. <laughs> Everyone stood well- up. It was amazing. <laughs> Was it his, wasn't it his mistake that he had to go back and correct? I'm trying to remember if it was his pass, uh, if it was, if it was a mistake that he may have caused and then he corrected it immediately and got back and kept the player from scoring. I, I, I almost, I'm almost remembering that to be true. Um, 
I, I wish I could have a photographic memory better, <laughs> but I, I think he ended up saving his own bacon on that. Or he, it was a makeup from one that, you know, I, I know he had made a mistake, but then he, he raced like the Dickens to get it. I'll tell you, Nobby's three first three steps can cover more ground than somebody running at, you know, at a quicker turnover. His first three steps are so powerful. It's, it's amazing. Not his first step, but his first three, he can catch anybody. He's an amazing athlete. He's got an ama- he's got mm. a gift of speed, but he's also very talented on the ball for a tall guy. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I was, I think the fans around me and I didn't, well, I do know some of them, but they, I don't think they were quite aware of everything that Nobby brings to the table. And so, you know, I was kind of sharing a little bit with everybody from my personal observations of him. And so I, I'm hoping we see more of him. I also think, I know a lot of people think that Andrew, you know, they're ambivalent about Andrew one way or the other, but I've seen Andrew do some track backs and I've seen Andrew bust up some plays in the past, but we'll, we'll get to more here in a second. But yeah, I agree. Nobby bright spot. What a good job he did to prevent, you know, a goal from being scored. Yeah. And we'd have to go back and see, I'll have to uh, check ESPN plus and kind of try and go back to, that minute when that happened, which uh, I'll have to remember when that was, but yeah. I think it was probably a mistake by Andrew. If I remember oh, you correctly, think it might have been Andrew's mistake. Yeah, because I I feel like if it would have been Navi's mistake, maybe I wouldn't have. I mean, I thought it was an amazing play either way, but maybe right. it would have taken away a little bit from that because you would have been like, okay, he just corrected his mistake, right? He didn't correct someone else's. But yeah. I, I think it's Andrew. We'll go back and check and see. <laughs> And then talk about it on the next podcast on what the real situation was. Okay, but, that sounds uh, great. I Good. think it should have made it uh, in the highlights, though. I, I, I almost I don't want to watch this last goal that Orange County scored because I know you're rewinding it, but I just I <laughs> almost don't want to watch it. I almost don't want to watch it. Yeah, <sighs> I, I think that not much to say there too, right? I mean, uh, I, I don't blame anyone for that goal because all of our players were up front, and like I said before, right? They had some opportunities where. We were outnumbered, but it's it's to be expected when you're down a man and you are, you know, putting pressure up front. Uh, it's just a shame because, you know, you want to end the game trying to get that possibility to tie. But regardless, right, I mean, it, it happened uh, when it did. And, you know, I was just happy that the team knew how to respond uh, due to the circumstances and whatnot. And, you know, you can't blame anyone else, but. You know, in this case, I, I have to blame the ref. And, you know, I, I don't like to have to do that uh, anytime. But in my case, I really think that the ref screwed up the game with that red card because maybe we could have been close to tying or maybe it would have just ended in a 2-1. But that last goal, I don't think it would have happened had we actually been um, 11 v. 11. And uh, I, I feel like even... If we hadn't gone that red card, I think maybe we would have seen a similar reaction uh, to this game as well. I don't think we would have kept playing the way we were playing before, considering uh, how the coach was feeling about it and, and the subs that came in later on. So I think the game changes if if you have 11 v 11 on the field versus what, what we had. But I, yeah. I don't know how we could have recreated the intensity that we gained when we went to 10. 
Um, I don't know that we always play with that same intensity when we have 11, but you know, when we get behind, maybe we do, it's hard to say what would have happened. I mean, it's kind of a, it's the crapshoot, you know, when you're playing goal down to goal down um, with 10 versus with 11, it's, that's a tough call, Luis. Yeah. And so if we take a look at some of the substitutions that happened in this match, uh, at halftime coach, you know, was really trying to, uh, you know, bring some reaction considering, you know, we were one nil down. I really appreciated seeing a lot of subs coming in at halftime because that really goes to show you that he's noticing a lot of things and he wants some changes to happen. So we saw uh, Duke come in for Cameron. Navi came in for Jordan. Tucker came in for Mitch. And then uh, Jaime came in for Luis Felipe. And then uh, in the 67th minute, Rafael came in uh, for Gloucester. Um, actually, I should know, uh, Jaime came in for uh, Luis uh, on the 66th minute there. But um, what, were, what are your thoughts on these subs? Uh, I don't know if you were as surprised as I was that yeah, uh, I was, Cameron I was su- came I, out. Well, I was surprised about that one, but you know, Cam uh, played a lot the prior game. I was more surprised with Mitch coming off. I didn't think that he was making that many errors. I know we had to, you know, find somebody later to come on for, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't certain about the Mitch. I didn't understand the Mitch Tainer sub unless he was having, you know, a little niggly, you know, a a little injury or something like that. I didn't, I didn't get it. You know, I didn't understand that one. Um, I also wasn't sure why Jordan came off. Um, I, but I'm glad we had, I'm glad we got to see some of the, some of the subs that we did see. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Luis Felipe was doing a decent job. I mean, it was nice to see, uh, Rafa come in. I thought he did a really good job. I thought he played a grown up game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I liked that one, that sub, uh, it, the other one that I liked, I did like seeing Nami come in. I'm still not 100% certain that Hayden Sargis is ready for 90. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I just, the defense still, I'm not 100% sure on. So maybe these subs were helpful to put other people into positions that they had to learn fast, mm-hmm. like Hayden. You know, you're kind of like it once Dan Casey and Mitch leave. You're it, you know, and Nobby, yeah, he came in instead of being a, a wing back, he came in as a more of kind of a center back person to help with Andrew. So that uh, it was very different, but, but I mean, coach had to do what he had to do. What did you think? I thought it was, it was good. I mean, I'm a big fan of Jordan as I always like to say here, but the fact that he uh, let Nobby get a full second half, I think was a, interesting uh, change there and and of course one that I think was really helpful um Cameron yeah you know I, I do agree yeah, I mean he he did have some games there but I, I was still surprised that he would just you know pull out a uh, forward for a defender it just I don't know that, that was just a just a different substitution that I would have never imagined especially after we're going down in the game and and I know he made it up other ways too, right? Uh, bringing in Tucker Bone uh, for Mitch Tainer there too, but it, it was just a weird situation to to see there. And then you know the last sub uh, getting Rafa in for Christopher Gloucester, I thought that was an interesting move, and it just goes to show that the coach doesn't care if you are 
a player that doesn't have that many games versus a player that has plenty of games in the USL. He'll still give you an opportunity no matter what the circumstances of the game is, regardless of who you are and what your experience is. And, you know, that, that, that says a lot about the coach and, and all the opportunities that he's giving um, the younger players. But I did really want to see Mario Pinagos in this match, especially given the circumstance and whatnot. I felt like he could have contributed a lot, but unfortunately that that didn't happen. And, you, you know, know, I think, yeah. I think Rafa, I think Rafa did a really good job. Um, I'm not a hundred percent on Mario. Um, I, I think he would have gotten bounced around a little bit too much in this game because in other games, when I've seen him play, he, he gets pushed off the ball really easy. He gets bounced around a little bit. I think he has some growing to do. And I, I think it would be good to have him in, um, you know, in, in different types of games, mm-hmm. but I, I think that the way Orange County was playing, I think he would have been literally flattened a bunch of times. He would have been bounced off the ball a lot. I think we really did need to keep who we had in the middle. I think, you know, Jaime came on and held his ground, man, that he was nails. He was tough as nails. And, you know, it what and, and Pete Pennant and he, he was tough as nails as well. I think, I don't know that that Mario would have stood up to the way that Orange County was playing. They were playing pretty chippy, you know. They were they were smacking us around a little bit. That's yeah, so, my opinion. Yeah, but regardless, right? I mean, I think all, all the subs were interesting, and they all really helped contribute a lot. I can't really think of anyone who got substituted in who maybe didn't make that much of a difference. I, I think they all really responded well. So. Let's go over to our man of the match. Sharon, if you want to start us off with uh, who your man of the match was for this hey, game. The, the man of the match for me is somebody that we will never forget. It will be really hard to forget this this person. I think the referee was the man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I don't want to be a, I don't want to do what Jared did. I can't argue um, with that. But. Yeah, right. It, you know, for one reason or another. I really, really like, I like Nobby, but I thought, you know, Derek playing 90 minutes and coming back on defense, I liked his play. And if I, if I could pick two, please, I would pick one or the other, you know, Tucker putting a goal in the net. I thought that was fabulous, but Derek trying to play 90 minutes, riding a yellow card and minding his business. I, I don't know. I, I kind of was appreciative of him. I know you're not going to pick that person. <laughs> so if uh, people could guess who I pick, I, th- I think they probably could guess already, right? Based on what I've already been talking about. You pick like, Nobby. Oh, well, that's who I pick. Nobby? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and deservedly so. You know, I was going to pick Nobby, but I figured, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pick a striker. I'll pick a forward or, you know, attacking midfielder. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and give it to Derek, but I, I would totally agree with Nobby, your choice of Nobby. Uh, the dude's going somewhere. He's, he's got, he's doing really well for us. And I think he's going to do exceptional, you know, with any, I think he's going to be gold. Yep. I've said it before. We've said it before. Yeah. Uh, I, I was saying it there in the game too. And just, uh, Getting a different perspective, right? Seeing in section 207, getting a better view of all the game as a whole. Yeah, yeah that guy, you could tell he's something different, 
from everyone else uh, on the pitch. Uh, even even though you know he's a younger guy, I mean, he doesn't have that much experience in uh, the professional soccer world as much. But when you see him play, you can tell right away why Minnesota actually picked him in the MLS draft. And I was also saying this during the game. I think, unfortunately for us, we are not going to see him with Sacramento Republic for too long because I think that Minnesota is going to recall him back up um, in maybe a matter of like a month or two. And, and for those of you who don't know, there is this thing where MLS can actually loan players to the USL teams and they can actually recall them back whenever they please. Um, I'm not particularly a big fan of that because I feel like, you know, there should be like just a particular amount of loan time. And then, you know, you recall them back once the loan expires and not all this like substitute, you know, from one league to the other kind of a deal. I mean, that's just me. But I think when you have good players like this and maybe they already fall into the starting 11 and you're all great and whatnot, it, it is sad, right? When they have to go back to their MLS team and you're like, wait, well, they were just here and then tomorrow they're over there and then we never see him again. Yeah. But, yeah. That, uh, it's almost like there should be a, a contract, you know, for the loan so that, you know, we get a chance to actually let them sink in with us for a little while, but that's just not it. Not how it is. Yeah. And as we all know, that's, it's been like that ever since the beginning, if you could think yeah. back to Tommy Thompson, right. And yeah. all those days. So. Yeah. Tommy Thompson, Adam John, whenever they needed them, they got them back. Yeah, so cool. Well, let's go ahead and move forward uh, to the post-game quotes. Uh, some interesting things said by uh, Coach Briggs and also Navi as well. So Coach Briggs on the match officials, you know, is very diplomatic. Um, what he basically said was, I just asked them to do the same for both teams. And I also asked them if they go back and watch their games afterwards because we have to go back and answer questions in front of the press. But the referees never get asked anything. They never have referees answer the questions of why their player can elbow our player in the face twice and doesn't even get booked, but our player gets sent off. It just seems to be becoming a common thing. And then he went on to say about, and and we we agree, you know, it would be nice to have the, the referees be held accountable for some of their blown calls. And some referees have, mind you, have come back and said, you know, I did, I missed that call or I missed this or I misjudged that. Some have said that. Um, and you wonder if that particular center ref was getting evaluated. This is me talking, Sharon talking. Um, sometimes the center ref is getting evaluated. They don't know they're getting evaluated because the evaluator comes in after the refs have taken the field. So sometimes they don't, they may know that an evaluation is occurring, but they don't know where the evaluator is sitting. So it's a very interesting um, situation. And sometimes a referee gets even more nervous if they know they're being evaluated. Anyhow, that being said, coach goes on tonight about tonight's disappointing result. Here's his quote. Ultimately, it's not good enough. And the buck falls with me. Yes, the players can do better. And yes, we can all collectively do better. But ultimately, the buck falls with me. But I can promise you, I'll figure this out. And then he goes on to talk about um, Dan Casey's ejection, which I find um, very interesting to to think about this one, because nobody, nobody saw it coming and nobody wanted to see it. So here's what coach said. When we face some adversity, 
when we go down, when we go a goal down, when we get a player sent off, whatever that adversity is, there's no pressure in those situations. It's easy to play in those situations because all the pressure is gone. We have to figure out why we can't play like that as soon as the referee blows the whistle to start the game or when we've got the same number of men on the field. And what's interesting, Luis, is you and I just talked about that. You know, it's like to have that man down intensity when you have 11, no matter what. And it's it's almost like we're playing, um, we're trying to figure out the level of play of the other team before we uh, push ourselves. And, and it's like, no, you've got to push yourselves to be your intensity on your own. You've got to play your game first. So, um, yeah. And what do you think about all of that? Yeah, on his uh, first uh, quote there on the referees, I, I do agree. I wish that referees would get questioned. <laughs> um, maybe that wouldn't be as great, I know, for them. But sometimes, you know, you do wonder, they just kind of do their job and they're like, all right, well, I'm gone. You can go question, you know, the people who are in the game all you want. But I was the one who ultimately led to all these things going on. But go ahead. <laughs> and so it feels like they get like a really easy pass out with with any game right like they could do whatever they want no one's going to question them they can't even be questioned <laughs> uh, but as far as you know the team response uh what he was mentioning that was my same exact thought as the game was going on uh, as the game ended it's like we played much better when we got the red card and so it doesn't make sense why we just couldn't play the same way at the beginning of the game because if we would have played the same way right at the beginning then I really think we could have won this game. And I've said the same thing uh, in the other game right against the Roots. And heck, even against Phoenix, too. If we played the way we played with 10 men against the OC, but against Phoenix with our 11 players, we could have probably won that as well. And I think the level of intensity that they showed after going down one man was like, the best I've ever seen this season. I don't know about you, Sharon, but the way they were playing, it was great. And we had one less player. And, you know, we were down in the result. So I, I, I just don't understand quite why that was going on. And I'm sure coach is going to try and figure out, like, you know, what, what the situation was. But, I mean, if the players have to <laughs> always think that we have one less player, and if that's what it takes for them to play this well, then heck, just say that we have one less player at the beginning of each match <laughs> and just tell them the opposition has one more player than them. And maybe we always get to see this level of play. But, uh, you know, in, in all seriousness, really, I, I think that uh, we need to figure out how we can play this way always. And and I think knowing that, you know, we're on this like streak of not being able to win a game, hopefully this influences the team to actually change that mentality, right? And know that like, hey, we need to give it our all now because if we don't, we could be, you know, out of the playoffs early on in the season. So really important. And, you know, now's the time where we actually get to see the coach actually show us what he can do with this team because you're in that situation in the season where if you let go of points, it's going to be a complicated thing um leading up to the uh, end of the season too and, and trying to get that fourth spot that'll give you the playoff uh ticket too so 
there was another thing that coach uh, had actually also said, and this was in response to the expectations of the fan base after, you know, uh, this match. And so he said, quote, I completely agree with them. And as I said before, they deserve more. This club deserves more. The fans deserve more. And I can promise you they will get more. We will get this right because there's too many good players at this club to not get it right. I apologize for the performance tonight on behalf of everybody, but ultimately it's me. We will get this right. And I can promise that to every supporter of this football club. So I was really glad to see coach you know, say this to the people because we knew there were a lot of people that were really disappointed at what had happened. Uh, I don't know about you, Sharon. I, I wasn't one that was really disappointed just because of the way that the team reacted to the circumstance. Again, I was more disappointed at the ref, but I think I'll, I'll leave it there because we've given him way too much spotlight already. But I think that this team really needs to understand that. And, and I'm glad that the coach is on point with that and that you know he goes as far as apologizing for the performance, right? He's like, I know all of you paid uh, you know, your ticket to come here and this is what you saw. If you've been coming to the last couple of games, this is what you've been seeing. And so I really appreciate him doing that. And again, it's not the first time that the coach does something like this to the fans. And so really, really happy to to see him do that. Um, But at some point in time, Luis, the coach has to, he's got to figure this out. You know, this mm -hmm. can't be happening. Even though he says, you know, I promise, you know, I'll figure it out. We'll get it. We'll get it right. It's, it's got to happen pretty darn soon because um, this is getting a little we're not used to losing the fans are not used to watching our team lose. And some, some fans think that we actually have not assembled a very strong squad. And I don't know if that's a Todd Donovan thing, or if that's a, um, a Mark Briggs thing or not figuring out how to get the most out of the players. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Sharon would have loved to have had um, Brent Richards on our side, but then, you know, who does that sacrifice? We definitely miss Shannon Gomez, but, you know, a team is not one person. A team is a, a whole squad. And, you know, if some of the fans feel that we haven't assembled the right squad. Somebody needs mm. to figure that out. And the coach needs to figure, he needs to figure that out fast because mm -hmm. this is not going to get us anywhere. So why don't you go ahead and, and, and Nobby had some thoughts on the game. If you want to go ahead and tell us about that. Yeah. So he was asked about that, the, the rundown. Uh, with what had happened to the, uh, the defense, right? That play that I actually was referencing um, at first. And I think Sharon, now looking at it uh, through what he was saying, maybe he may have made a mistake, uh, you know, or maybe he's referring to something else, but he said, I misjudged the ball at first. Then I got back, made the run back to make the save on goal. So I was happy with my effort to get back on that save. I could have done better to just avoid that overall, but I'm happy with my effort to get back in there. And so I am assuming so I, that he's I've been watching. One. So this is so funny. While we've been talking, I pulled up the ESPN on my phone. Okay. Uh -huh. this is, and we can put this on the podcast. <laughs> this is fine. In the 72nd minute, he missed a tackle. He was last man and he missed a, an, a fairly simple tackle on the 11. And uh, he ran the dude down. Nobby was on the ground. The dude already had five steps on him. Nobby pops up and chases the dude down and, and tackles him in the box or tackles the ball away. 
in the box to save mm-hmm. the, the goal, an obvious goal scoring opportunity. So I think that's what he was talking about was the sec- 72nd minute when he missed a clear, uh, a fairly simple tackle to take the ball away from uh, the number 11, I, you know, Ronaldo, the first name Ronaldo. So, oh. so I think that's what he was referring to. And we were all like freaking out because it was a one V one against the mm-hmm. bowl. And literally the whole stadium was freaking out about that. And then Nobby pops up and saves it himself. And it's kind of like, okay, you screwed up, but you saved it. All right, good, good. Oh, okay. Get on with it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so it probably what, was that, that play. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I've been doing. I was like trying to find that play <laughs> and I found it. 72nd cool. minute. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. If anyone wants to go back and watch that, if in case anyone may have missed it, go check it out again. 72nd minute there is uh Sharon said, um, you know, if he didn't make that mistake, it, it was amazing still. I think how he just came back. And like you said, right, he was, had a good distance from him, but he managed to still go back and, and clear that ball out. And, and the stadium was celebrating as if he had just scored the game winning goal. <laughs> it was it was uh amazing because he was going up against orange county's fastest player and brent richards even confirmed that the 11 that they're like so fortunate they were able to get him because he is so fast he we saw it Mm -hmm. you know he scored a goal and he's almost scored a you know the one that nobby was able to chase down that's how fast nobby is he caught the fastest guy on the field he caught him so this is why Anyhow, he's, he's going to go back. Uh, I think he's going to go back to Minnesota quite soon. Um, hopefully not. Again, hopefully I'm wrong and he, he could stay with us uh, throughout most of the season. But when you have good plays like this and when you have uh, a good performance with Sacramento, that can only mean that they're, they're watching that and they're like, hey, come back over here. Actually, we could use you. And, you know, if they get any injuries, then that's that's another given. <laughs> And and another thing, as much as we want people to listen to our podcast, Minnesota, we should put this in the very beginning. Don't listen to us. Don't listen to us. Pay no attention to our <laughs> podcast, please. We we don't like <laughs> just don't think about Nobby at all. Just put it out of your mind. Don't even don't even worry about him. We got it. We'll take good care of him here. You know, we'll feed him. We'll do whatever is needed. But just don't even think about Nobby. Don't listen to this podcast. We love Nobby. <laughs> <laughs> We, I need to go back and change my man of the match then. Uh, don't worry. Yeah. No, it's not done. Uh, I, <laughs> I know I should. I should change it back to, to Nobby. But then I don't want to give Minnesota any more juice to think that he's, you know, he needs to go back to them. We need him more than they do, right? <laughs> yeah, no, we, we definitely do. Yeah, no, that's without a doubt. So, so let's look at the standings for Real Monarchs. Let's see what we're up against. Let's see what their standings, where, the, where are they in the table? So Real Monarchs are not in our Division, of course, right? They're in the Western Conference Mountain uh, However, division. However, they're in the basement. <laughs> they're in yeah. the basement of their division, which is a good thing for us in a way, but we can't slack off. Yes, it's a Wednesday night match, but and it's mm-hmm. not a U.S. Open Cup match, but, and we should not treat a Wednesday night away <laughs> game against the bottom dweller. Don't treat it like a U.S. Open Cup first round. Mm-hmm. Please, please treat it like you're playing against, you know, RGB Toros. Treat it like you're playing against um, LA Galaxy 2 or, you know, against Phoenix. Treat mm-hmm. it like that so we can get some points. Yeah, they, they definitely need to. And, and you know, it's true. Real Monarchs hasn't won a game, but we know what they're capable of, right, in previous seasons. Let's not forget, right, their RSL's farm team. 
And, uh, you know, our, our most recent matchup with them, as we all know, uh, was our last uh, friendly game where we were actually victorious, right? 2-0 back in uh, April 24th. So there was that. Uh, but of course, that was at home for us. And so, um, yeah, hopefully, I mean, if we take this game seriously, if we play as we should, then we definitely should come out with the win. And and they, they you know, it's I'm glad that it's against Real Monarchs. You know, if, if it would have been against RGB Toros or New Mexico United, I would have been like, all right, come on, complete concentration. Like, make right. sure that, you know, you try and do your best. If you get a tie and you get a tie. But due to the circumstance, you know, I think, you know, we need to get the win. And and it's one of those things where if you get a tie, maybe it's not as great because, you're, again, you're playing against a team that has tied twice, lost three times, bottom of the table in their conference. So. So another interesting fun fact with the standings and, you know, hopefully things get caught up. And Luis has always been saying this is that with the beginning of the schedule, a lot of teams play have played many more games than other teams. Like for instance, we've played six matches um, and like Oakland Roots has only played three. So it's, it's a really interesting beginning of the season. We're very, you know, compressed and very condensed with our matches. And so I think, is it LA Galaxy or is it um, Phoenix that's already has a lot more games played? Yeah, LA Galaxy 2 has already had seven. We've had six. So the other teams, I mean, if they begin having winning, I mean, we could drop further down the table, but because we've got more, we've played more games, our stats are a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But the minute those other teams <laughs> like Oakland or, you know, um, Tacoma, once they start catching up game wise and if they start winning or tying we're going to be further down the table so it's we need it we're in a precarious position and I think you had mentioned that earlier it gets complicated when other teams begin to catch up game you know numbers of games so we need to win this Wednesday it needs to be a win yeah and you know it's one of those things where I, I wish they all had about the same game right because when you look at us on the table, it might e- be easy to just say, oh, look, we're in fourth place right now. Uh, we got that ticket right now of the season. We're the end today. But yeah, I mean, you have Orange County with four games. We have six games played. Oakland Roots has three games. Um, Las Vegas Lights has five games and they have three points. So they could even be like one point away from us if they were to even win their next game. Um, the Loyal is the other one that has uh, six games played and they have four points. So they are below us. But you know, it's that that's how the circumstances are. And, and that's that's all for the best, right? That we actually get a good game on Wednesday, pull three points and uh, hope hope that that we can actually um, turn the season around and be able to get into the playoffs still. Yep. Well, thank you, Luis, for always being the backbone of our podcast. Um, I've enjoyed our, our time tonight together and uh, go Republic. Awesome. Yeah. And thank you so much to everyone for listening to us. Thank you so much to everyone who um, asked for a sticker. We had a couple of people uh, meet us up there at the stadium and and we were giving away some stickers there. So thank you so much uh, to them. And uh, if you also want some stickers, we are going to be at the next uh, uh, match at home against uh, Phoenix Rising on the 26th of this month. And also in the away game against Oakland Roots on the 19th of this month also. So 
you happen to make the trip out there, we'll have some stickers with us. So uh, let us know and we'll get you a sticker there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sharon. And again, thank you to our listeners. And we will see you next time here on State of the Republic podcast. <laughs>